One of the things that I've always maintained about the Kaseki cast is that it's definitely not spoiler-free. We talk about things that happen in all the different games and definitely out of order. But I did want to give everyone a little bit extra warning for this episode since we talk about some things that happen in Cold Steel 3 and 4, even though we ourselves have tried to avoid spoilers a lot. But there's a couple other spoilers that happen, and we really go into a little bit more depth than normal, so I want to let everyone know ahead of time. Hello everyone and welcome to the Kaseki cast. I'm your senior bracer Tyler, here hanging out at the Bracer Guild with fellow senior bracer Josh. Hey, it's me. You're probably all tired of me right now. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, maybe tired of both of us. But uh, today we're doing our part two of our Trails in the Sky SC discussion. Yeah, so bring out your disc number two and put it on the disc drive. Let's get started. So we left off last time uh, with the beach reunion, which was a very heartwarming way to finish the first episode. And the next thing that happens in the plot of the game is the tetracyclic towers. And my first question to you is, uh, did you like the new layout of the towers? Um, it was like a dungeon, right? Something like from... Trails in the Sky third, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, it was a little bit more, uh, <clears throat> I guess... Fantasy-ish? Yeah, and, and you might call it more of a, like a straightforward type design, yeah. as opposed to... I kind of got lost in the uh, the original towers. Yeah. No, uh, I, I didn't like the original towers, too, because um, there were so many stairs that, you know, it's kind of like a maze. You get lost easily. Yeah, and... I prefer the um, distorted version more, because it's linear. Yeah, I did too, but I've seen quite a few people say they didn't like him as much. Maybe it was an aesthetic thing, um, oh. but I kind of liked the... It, it was so different from the rest of the game, which is just, you know, you're you're in a world, and stuff kind of makes sense, and suddenly it's very futuristic looking. Yeah. And uh, how, how did you like the, uh, the orbital shutdown? 
after you know after you go around and do all the towers because I super struggled the first time I played. I thought it was a filler chapter to be honest. <laughs> it was like it was just dragging on, I think. And um, in terms of gameplay, it made me use like the least uh, use my least used characters being Agate and Zin because I really like using Art. So obviously, I have Chloe and Oliver on my party casting arts so it made me maybe change up my gameplay a little bit made me rely on like physical attacks but other than that i don't i really like it yeah i i'm kind of in the same boat I, I i was using art so much and to have to suddenly use um zin and agate i was using agate but i was doing the el cheapo tactic and because i couldn't use arts to heal him as easily uh I was struggling a bit, but you know, I think that this part of the game is what a lot of people say is their least favorite part. Uh-huh. And I think I mean, they I understand why. Yeah, they said a lot of the same things as you, where it felt kind of like filler, maybe. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I was still interested in the game and, and everything, but I think I I probably struggled to get through this part of the game the most. Yeah. I mean, it's because, you know, here comes the, like, huge tower that you're supposed to explore, which is also sending out signs that it's the final dungeon, but nope. Nah, you have to explore the world first, again, for yeah. the third time, maybe. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, I, I loved going to some of these places and, and seeing how, you know, seeing the NPCs that you've seen before, and suddenly they're all worried because all the their orbital stuff doesn't work. Yeah. Which was kind of cool to see because... Uh, you know they're not they're not nameless NPCs. You see them a lot. Yeah. And I mean that's one of the things that is charming about just trails in general. Mm-hmm. Like the NPCs have their own little story after every major plot points. It's like they're like they're not just like stock characters in the background. Right. So I guess uh, probably skipping through this a little bit quickly since it was maybe our lesser favorite uh, part of the game. But there is one thing I want to talk about, and that is, uh, you know, you you go around to the different towers, and there's one enforcer on uh, each of the towers. And um, there's one, I think, that kind of stands out a little bit, and that is after you you have the fight with Ren, um, and she tells her, like, fairy tale, uh, of what, what like uh, I can't remember exactly. She she describes like a girl, and she tells the whole tale, and it's it's what happened to her uh, before she became an enforcer, and that completely changed my opinion of Ren up to that point. Like before, I was like, man, she is just a bratty kid, and like the way that she was obsessed with like hurting people, and. You know, she she says something like she's just gonna gut someone right there, which is like, she's this is a kid, and she's like getting graphic here. Yeah. But like, she doesn't say exactly what happens, but I feel like I knew exactly what she was talking about, mm-hmm. and that was you know I I didn't know anything about future games or what her her storyline was going to go on but right there I was like holy cow they're really like bringing something super heavy into the story here yeah I think this is the start where like the 
the story or I mean I guess they delve deeper into like um, mature themes I suppose I mean they started hinting this off in SC with like Ren's background story but you know right way too ahead of myself but you know things get a lot more darker in the third well yeah the third's definitely the darkest game but like I just I don't know I, I got whiplash from from how hard of 180 I did on on just my opinions on her as a character because I went from just seeing her as, as an annoying bratty uh, antagonist that I just wanted to defeat to like whoa this this character has a lot of depth to them and there's stuff that we don't quite understand yet and <laughs> like we're gonna have to be careful about this because it's that's some serious like trauma that they're dealing with or that they're going to deal with yeah I don't know, I, I kind of have, like, a mixed reaction at first uh, at um, Estelle and Ren's relationship, I guess. Because okay. most of the time that we spent with Ren, it's with Ren and Tita. So, I don't know, I think... I don't know. There's something to Estelle that kind of, like, resonates, I suppose, with children. But um, Estelle suddenly wanting to save Ren, I suppose, is kind of like, wait, when did this happen? I don't know. It, it kind of took me by surprise. I mean, it's a boat. It's me. Mm, I'm getting a blank here. <laughs> um, I mean, it's supposed it's on character of Estelle to want to save Ren, but I wish that we had to see more of Estelle and Ren bonding. You know. Okay. Yeah. Before like before the um, reveal that she was an enforcer, but I mean, you know. You know, I guess that is true because she you are just kind of supposed to take a lot of it as like, oh, Estelle just kind of took a liking to her pretty quickly. Because uh-huh. um, it's not like they go through a harrowing experience together or something. Um, but yeah, she she just kind of latched onto her for some reason. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm forgetting something. Oh, maybe I do too. But I mean, I just, I just thought that Ren and Tita had more like, uh, what's that word? chemistry not chemistry yeah, but chemistry, like I suppose. they're well they're both pretty much like tita's 12 and ren's supposed to be 13 right so yeah they're both pretty close there yeah and i was expecting like tita and ren have like um dialogues with each other but it's a, i guess they made it out to be like estelle and ren had some sort of thing but i mean yeah uh, getting like a little bit ahead of ourselves in this game, but I brought Tita to the Axis Pillar fight with Ren. Okay. And there's, you're right, there's not really, it's not like when you bring Zinn to fight Walter or Shara to fight Luciola. It's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there, there could have been more that they put in there, but I mean, Tita is, Tita is 12 years old, so <laughs> I don't know how much she would have had to to say there, except like Ren, don't don't be an enforcer. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I guess you're right. <laughs> I mean, I love Tita and I like Ren, but uh, well, we find out later, spoilers in the third that Ren's like got PhDs because she's a genius. But uh-huh. uh, uh, so so after we after this part, uh, moving on in the the story. When you get to the point where the enforcers are like storming Gransel and everything's on fire, um, 
I actually had... I, I don't usually do this when I play games. I know a lot of people try to figure out plots and get, get uh, you know, get the, the red string out on a big um, chalkboard and map everything out for what's going to happen. I don't usually do that. But occasionally when I play, I'll get like a thought of what might happen. Do you do, you do that when you play or do you map stuff out? Nah, I just... I'm just in it for a ride. <laughs> okay. Know. I'm glad that you said that because I am too. And like a lot of times people will get like the galaxy brain thoughts of what's going to happen. And I'm usually uh -huh. not on the same page, but I had a thought and it's not true. It doesn't come true. But I thought that when the enforcers were storming Gransel, that Queen Alicia would die and Chloe oh. would have to become queen. And then I, mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, Queen Alicia was supposed to die, I think. I mean, she was already sick. And she's... I don't, we don't really know how old she is exactly, do we? Yeah. No. And I thought that would be, like, a really big turn for Chloe's character, because she had just barely, like, six months, had accepted being crown princess. And suddenly uh -huh. now she would be thrust to be in the position of being queen. Uh-huh. But, of course, that didn't happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> It would have been interesting. I'd be sad because Queen Alicia's cool, but... Do you think we'll get to see her again on Cold Steel? Um... I mean... We'll have... There is going to have to be discussion of her, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if we'll see her. But no, that's what she'll be mentioned, I guess. Yeah, they're going to have to mention her. So, and, and, and after that, were you, uh... No, you, you were spoiled, because you played Cold Steel first. You already knew that Olivier was Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that, you know, um, it was such it, it, it was such a huge, like, um, reveal. Yeah. Or maybe a big deal. It was, I mean, it was a big deal to me, because, you know, you got this guy who's just, like, a big goof-off. Mm -hmm. And then when you leave him, where do you leave? Do you leave him in Gransel? And yeah. he, he, like, makes that comment, the next time we'll meet, we'll be... The enemies, um, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, what? I didn't get that, though. I wasn't quite sure what he meant by it. Like, I, I didn't think that he'd be, like, on the battlefield against you. But, mm -hmm. you know, I thought there'd be some kind of, you know, poetic meaning to it. Uh, yeah. Given his character. But, I mean, I didn't get that, like... I didn't know if he meant that literally or, like, figuratively, but I didn't even understand what he meant by it, too. So, and that was that was really surprising. Plus, he's such a jerk in that scene to Estelle. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess he was just putting on a show. Oh, right, yeah. And and it kind of had to be that way for how the, the scene ended up having to play out, you know? Uh -huh. But that was... I was definitely surprised by that. But one one of the things that I liked about that scene that I remembered, well, I didn't remember playing it the first time because it's something we didn't find out until later, but I've mentioned it before. When you replay the game, you pick up a lot of details that you didn't uh, pick up the first time or, or references that didn't mean anything. And there's, in that scene, there's a few things that they, you've got um, the General Zex who shows up in Cold Steel. Uh -huh. And then you've got, they, at another point, someone references Chairman McDowell, who's from uh, Crossbell. 
Wait, they already mentioned them that early? Yeah, they mentioned, I think Queen Alicia mentions Chairman McDowell in a conversation somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and then later in the game, someone mentions Northambria and the Salt Pillar, because wow. that's, you know, that's how Kevin gets his little weapon. And I just like that all of that stuff ties in. And I know I've said that before, and I'll say it again in the future. I just, I, I love that because when you replay it, you get more out of it. And, you know, it's probably not something you're going to remember when you're, like, you read it once, like Chairman McDowell. You're not going to remember that when you play cro the Crossbell games. Yeah. But when you go but back... I, by the way, on how, like, they do it, though, you can tell that they just don't pull shit up their asses, you know? <laughs> like, they don't make it up. As they go along. Right, yeah. It was something that was planned out. Maybe they didn't know exactly where stuff was going, but they had characters and they had an idea of where it was going. And that's... I, I really like that because it makes the stories flow better. Uh -huh. And uh, at, at this point, the next thing that comes up is the, the Liber arc ends up showing up. Uh -huh. And uh, so... Tell me what what you like about it. do you, do you like the I know a lot of people like the music that plays. Oh, I like it too, and I also like how the city looks. I love the, like, I love how the city looks. Like it's um, it's like an, a futuristic ruin. Uh -huh. You know, like I like you know? yeah, I like the aesthetic where it feels empty, but it's really there's like I don't know. It sounds stupid to say there's like beauty emptiness because that sounds like. Very cliche. It sounds like a, a fake thing that people just say, but I like it. Yeah. Um, it seems like a place that you could just my explore. Most dislike, I guess my most, like, I mean, least favorite part on the liberal art chapter was, like, um, having to rescue Josette and then storming the um, Ouroboros' airship. Mm -hmm. That was that's annoying. Yeah, and it's the second time we had to go aboard the Glorious. It's a Glorious, right? I didn't get that confused. Yeah, yeah, I get confused too. Okay. But yeah, I'm sure it's the Glorious. Alright. What is it in Cold Steel? Pentagruel. But what's the red one? Oh, uh, the Courageous. That's it, okay. Yep, got it. You're right. Alright, sidetrack. There's so many, like, titles, you know, that we can't keep up. <laughs> I know, like... It's actually really funny because a lot of the things will stick with you because the games are long and you get a chance to remember them. But every once in a while, you'll just lose it. Um, one thing is actually that I know that I said that it was real. I thought it was really cool that the Libra arc was like kind of empty. Um, but it's I, I wrote a note down because Estelle um, tells Weissman that. People can't live without the bonds they share with others, which uh -huh. makes it sound like I shouldn't like the emptiness of the <laughs> Liber arc, but whatever. I can like it if I want to. Um, once we go through the Liber arc, we go fight the Enforcers again one last time, right? Yeah. Um, see, here's the thing. I'm kind of, I pretty much know that Walter and Zinn are, are a shoo-in for the Calvert arc. But, Seems like they have I mean, to be. Yeah, they have to be, but I'm just, I'm just not sure if Walter is even alive, but, you know? Well, uh, spoilers, 
I mean, I know we, we haven't, the first episode I've made sure to say that this is not a spoiler free podcast, but I feel like we've, we haven't really strayed too much from the games that we've been talking about since then. But after this game, there's not really a whole lot of characters dying. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't think for a second that Walter is dead. Uh-huh. Not even for a second. I mean, first of all, he just kind of passes out anyway. And he's just like laying there after Zen like punches him or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and the same goes for Luciola. I don't think for a second that she's dead. Yeah. But, man, I really don't like Walter. His attitude, oh, just, he's such a jerk. Uh, it's, also, it's also kind of weird because he's such a huge contrast to Zinn. Right. It just seems really weird that, um, I mean, we don't know a ton about Kilika. Uh-huh. But... I don't know. I, 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 I find it hard to have the two of them together, you know? Yeah. It just seems... I don't think... Yeah, I don't, I don't actually see Kilika and, you know, him as a, as a couple of sorts, because, I mean, Kilika deserves better than that. <laughs> right, and I'm not even saying that it would have to be, like, Zinn, because obviously Zinn likes her, but uh-huh. just not Walter, man. He's such a jerk. I just can't. And in the in the the scene where Tita like stands in front, or no, that's against Low. Never mind. I was gonna say because he's just like gonna kill the kid. Doesn't matter. Um. So Low, how did you like the whole part where he decides that his promise to Karen is complete and he can just uh, fight Joshua? I didn't really understand that. <laughs> it seemed a little bit weird to me, too. I mean, um, it's been a while, but what was the promise again? It was that he was just supposed to, like, take care of him. Or, like, I mean, wa- watch after him. And then suddenly it's... thing the, the, the promise is fulfilled or something, and then he can just, like, fight him. It seemed really weird to me. I wasn't quite... Maybe it was just one of those, they needed it for the plot or something. Uh But I really like seeing Joshua so happy and excited after uh, he disarms and and beats Uh low. Because it's like one of the few times that you get to see Joshua not not act. Genuinely happy. Yeah, genuinely happy. And actually, I have a note here about... So... Spoilers. Ren turns good, eventually. <laughs> Shocker. Because <laughs> um, Estelle's going to get her way. But, man, Estelle is like the number one enemy of Ouroboros. Because yeah, no she kidding. turns Joshua. Two, she turns three. Yeah, she, she turns Joshua. She turns Ren eventually. And she turns low by proxy because she turned Joshua, who then turned low. Uh-huh. So it's like, man, three enforcers just, like, turned by a teenage bracer. <laughs> yeah. I know that she's Cassius's daughter, but, like, holy cow. It's her personality. <laughs> it is her personality because she's just, like, 
unrelentingly positive, which is amazing. I know I've said I liked it before, but so low, uh, low dies. And, uh, that's one of the, it's a rarity. Like don't get, don't get used to characters dying. Cause that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, throughout the series, I mean, the body comes just two, I think. Yeah. Uh, no, well, then Weissman. I think, I mean, if you count them in Cold Steel, you've got Gideon and Vulcan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, they're not really, like, big names so much. They're just, like, bosses, you know? Oh, well, in terms of, like, main characters, are we going to address the elephant in the room? And that would be... Well, you know who I'm talking we, about. <laughs> we can edit this out if you don't want to keep it. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I mean, I've seen the ads for the new game, so... Okay, well, um, if you want to leave this, leave this in for the episode, I was talking about Crow. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was too. I just, uh, you know, if you've seen any ads for Cold Steel 4, or even Cold Steel 3... Oh, dude, they literally post a wallpaper on the Nisa Twitter account of a guy named Siegfried, so they aren't even hiding it. Yeah, and I I know when I first got, because I have the 2019 uh, uh, Send 4 calendar, and I know I sent you a few pictures from it, but I had to, like, edit out part of the pictures, so this, I was like, uh-oh, spoilers, because I know you <laughs> said Crow was your favorite character, and then you were like, oh, he's dead, oh no! But... <laughs> When you said I, you were going to Japan, I was like, oh, he's going to see ads. It's going to be spoiled. Um, actually, the funny part is, um, are you familiar with Fate Stay Night the Anime or Fate Grand Order, the mobile game? Um, I don't think so. Okay, so um, I was looking through the uh, voice actors for the game. Okay. It's all in Japanese. And then I stumbled upon my favorite character's voice actor. Not going to name names, but whatever. Um, and then I, I looked at, I looked into his profile, and then I saw Crow Armbrust for Trails of Coastal 1 and 2, and then Azure Sigbeat for 3, <laughs> and then Crow Armbrust for 4. I'm like, what the hell is this? Did I just spoil myself? Uh, yeah, that... That would be annoying. That's the, that's the same as like finding stuff on IMDb too. Yeah. Did they did they have stuff at the cafe that you went to? Yeah, they have like Scrap art for Claire um, Osborne. You know, stuff for like. Oh, I can show you a picture if you want. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, send you guys send that to me later. I'll take I'll take a peek. Also, um, I don't know. I was just thinking after you know me playing Cold Steel two, I was just like. Oh no! I hope they don't cheap out this crow's death, you know, because it's 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 gonna leave such a huge impact on the main characters that if they revive him on the next game, it would have been weird, and mm-hmm. they did. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not him. But yeah, we get we got a little sidetrack here. A little sidetrack, but that's all right because um, that leads me into something that I was gonna say, and. Uh, an, an additional thing too. So, Joshua killing Estelle would have been like the biggest oof that I could imagine for Joshua. Uh huh. Like they. Well, I mean, did you know? Did, did you know if it's gonna happen or like 
No, no, I didn't know anything. At, at this point when I was playing, I still hadn't really been spoiled on very much on the series. Uh-huh. And all I knew, I don't even, I, I think I knew that there was a Trails the Third, but because Kevin was the main character, I didn't know if Estelle and Joshua were in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. If you knew that Kevin would be the main character and then the scene that played out with Estelle and Joshua going at each other, I mean, that was going to be like, if you have no context on the third, that would have been wild. Right. And here's a question for you. If, if, so not necessarily if Joshua had killed her, but how would you, would you accept if Falcom kills Estelle off? No, definitely not. No? Why not? I, I feel like Estelle's too iconic to be killed off, you know? Okay. Well, that's just for me, but I mean, it's pretty weird to kill your like first protagonist of the main of your main series and the only female protagonist so far. Yeah. So, and she's not your favorite character, right? Because you had previously said that your favorite female character was Risha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, she's my favorite. But it's character, still up there, it's obviously. Still up there. Right, and I think. In general, like, if anyone says anything bad about Estelle on Reddit, it just, like, they just get downvoted like crazy. <laughs> but yeah. I was actually thinking about this, and at the point when, when the scene came across and I didn't know if Joshua was going to kill her or not, uh, I would have been really upset. But now, after playing all of these games multiple times, even though she's my favorite character by far, if it was a good enough reason... I think I would accept them killing her because I like the series and the franchise as a whole enough that I think that they would, in order to do something that big, they would have to handle it in such a way that it would make the story really good Uh because, and this is like, this is a sidetrack into a completely different thing, but how much do you know about Star Trek? Uh, Well, I watched the movies. Okay. So Captain Kirk was uh, obviously he's like a favorite character in the series. And uh-huh. in the movie Star Trek Generations, they had Captain Kirk and Captain Picard in the movie. And spoilers, Kirk dies. Uh-huh. But in the original script, they had Kirk being shot in the back. And that was like, it went over horrible with test audiences. They hated it because they said, there's no way you can kill Captain Kirk by shooting him in the back. That's like dishonorable. It's terrible. And my, my dad's a huge Star Trek fan and he hated it too. And I actually, I was like, that's the only way you could kill him because he's so like, he's such a badass. You can't kill him except by doing him dirty. And so even if, like, I feel like they would handle it well in Trails if they were to do something like kill Estelle. But even if they did it, like, someone shot her in the back like that, it's like, well, she's pretty awesome. That's kind of the only way you can do it. Uh I I guess you could say that the way um, Captain Kirk is portrayed and stuff, he's supposed to be like, what, um, Cassius in the trail equivalent? 
I guess kind of. He can pretty much, he always comes out on top. I think you're probably right. Mm-hmm. I mean, with my limited like knowledge of Star Trek, but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that that was just a, a sidetrack for something that would be like similar as far as like a beloved character. Um, mm-hmm. But I've thought about this before, but as we've said, as the series goes on, there aren't really that many character deaths. Maybe we're going to be surprised in Cold Steel 3 and 4. I don't know. Uh, there's not a whole lot of permadeath going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of main characters dying, though, um, do you think the um, overall story of the trail series would deviate if Estelle did die? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, well, you know, you know that if it's self dead, that the whole zero and out uh, duology would pretty much be cancelled. What do you mean? Because of because of Kia? The time, the time shenanigans. Yeah, but wasn't that just um, that would have been in the past now? Like if if Estelle were to die in. Cold Steel 4 or something like that. That's in the future. Oh, no, I meant Estelle died in um, Trails in the Sky SC. Oh, That's what I meant. oh, yeah. That would have been totally different. Yeah. But I didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have had to have been totally different. Yeah, you're right. Like, the entire franchise would be because, like, everything that happens in Ao would be completely different. Yeah. <gasps> Spoilers! But, you know, whatever. Yeah. Not that we didn't already spoil a bunch of stuff, but hey, that's in the description. <laughs> so after you beat, you beat everybody, beat Wiseman, uh, Kevin turns him into a pillar of salt, which is awesome. And actually, <laughs> like that that scene, what did you think about the turn that Kevin takes? Um, I wasn't expecting it. I mean, he's like the goofy guy that hits on girls mm-hmm. or hits on everything that moves. And to be, and to see him, like, I don't know, be mysterious, I guess? Or shady? Yeah, dark? Yeah. That took me by surprise. Now, you've, you've played SC just one time, right? Yeah. And earlier, if you bring Kevin with you to the fight with Lo, Lo mentions something to him about fighting, uh a knight from the church named Rufina, and if he knew her. Yeah. And having replayed it and knowing everything, Kevin does not blink at all. He, like, with a smile, he says, yeah, she passed away in an accident a few years ago. And that's like... Oh, I think I remember that. And it's like, after you play the third and you understand everything that went down, that was a pretty good poker face that he put on there. Yeah, I think I remember that actually because I brought him with, I brought him along on my party with Chloe, but I didn't understand it at first, obviously. When you finish the game, because um, like at this point we've beaten the bosses, and I, I I don't feel like the bosses were that hard. I didn't really struggle. Uh-huh. Uh, and I mean, come on, if, did you bring Kevin along? Because if you did, I mean, obviously it's not gonna be that hard. <laughs> uh, the, the first time that I. I fought, I had Estelle, Joshua, Chloe, and Agate. 
And the second time, I think I had Estelle, Joshua, Chloe, and Kevin. Uh-huh. Um, so I didn't really struggle either time. Uh, I guess that was saying that I was getting a little bit... I was losing my rookie status a little bit more uh, with RPGs at that point. Uh-huh. Um, but So you get to the end, and Estelle and Joshua are running, and the, the Libra arc is collapsing, and they embrace, and then it collapses, and they fall. Did you think that they, was, they were done? Did you think they were toast? Yeah, I mean, if, 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 I think so too. But I mean, if they did, that would have been pretty okay ending, I suppose, for me. Why do you say but that? I mean, why, why do you think it would be I, an okay ending? With, with I don't know. I, I thought it was like, it was a nice like wrap-up to both of their stories, I think. Hmm, okay. But I mean, it would still be sad, but I, you know, that... They, just, they, got, they got to reunite and then only to die afterwards. I mean, sure, it's sad, but I mean, if, if that's how the game would end or the series would end, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, it would be an interest. It would be a different ending for sure. Not like your typical like American has to be a happy ending. And I know it's not written by Americans, but um, I don't know if I've said it on here before. But I know I talked to someone about trails specifically, and in general. I like the sad endings like we had, or like the, the heart-wrenching ending that we had in FC more than like a really happy ending. And I don't know if that's because in general, I just take a more positive outlook on stuff. And when a story makes me feel something different, I just, it stands out more. But this was actually an ending that I really liked that was a happy ending. Uh-huh. And because... I don't know. It, it's, I don't. It's hard to explain. Maybe it's just because I like this game so much, and I was glad to see Estelle and Joshua happy. But how did how did you like the actual ending? Um, what are we talking about? Like how Estelle and Joshua went on a journey, or like the ending on the Libra arc? The yeah, the pre-credits ending. Oh, um, I mean, I suppose it's fine. I I'm kind of glad that they didn't go with another cliffhanger ending, to be honest. But, um, I don't know. I'm a sucker for happy endings. Okay. I mean, it, it, it's really them, good. Like, struggle. Yeah. I mean, we see them struggle, like, for, like, two games. Yeah, two that's and true. And, like, give my kids a break, please. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my question to you is, how is Cassius, like, so awesome? Because I mean, he's, like... He's friends with a dragon, and I know that they explain it, like, at some point, like, I think later on or, or something, but he just, like, he calls up this guy who is, like, a legendary dragon, and he's like, hey, I gotta go save the kids. Do you wanna, like, help me out? Are you... Get in, loser, we're saving kids. Yeah, like, yeah, it's just like a normal Tuesday, we're gonna go kick, pick up the kids from soccer practice. Yeah. We didn't really get to explore much of Cassius, huh? but I, I kind of wanted to see more about him. On how is he, how is he awesome? You know. Yeah, I mean, like, I have a little list here. Like, he knows everything. He he knows about Richard and FC. You know, and and how Richard was doing the coup. He uh-huh. fakes being disappeared, and everything's like works out exactly how he wanted it to. He knows about Olivier, and they plan that whole thing. He plans. He writes that letter and gives it to Joshua, and Joshua then 
finds out and goes to have Kevin uh, do the the stigma thing, put a wedge in the stigma or something, whatever he called it. Uh-huh. Um, Wait, he, what's the term? He has, he stipped, whatever. Let's just say that he has so many connections that he's probably perfect, the most perfect being on LeBro. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I want, maybe it would be impossible to play a game being him, like him, him being the protagonist, because you're like, well, he's just going to win. Yeah, but it was kind of. It was also. I think it would be nice to see Cash's struggle, but you know, just because he's so perfect. <laughs> well, his his big struggle would be when Lena dies. Oh yeah, that was like that was a huge moment for him. So Boy, would I pay to see um, Cash's and Victor fight? Victor SRC. Oh man, I don't know. I I feel like Cassius would still win. How so? Oh, okay, never mind. Because, um, didn't, wasn't the reason he picked up the staff was because he was too good at a sword? Uh, well, he was really good with the sword, but he picked up the staff because it's a more defensive weapon, and uh. he wanted to protect people, and it was, like, more of a poetic type thing as well. Uh-huh. But I think... I think the staff is kind of a counter to the sword anyway. Uh-huh. Because it's bigger and it's more defensive. I don't know. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not like a professional fighter or anything like that. I just play, yeah, none vi- of us are. <laughs> I just play video games. So tell me about the post credit scene. Oh, what was it again? In Hamill? Oh. Yeah, um... Hmm. What, that was the, um... Joshua Buck... You made sword, right? On mm-hmm. the grave? Yeah. Hmm. I thought it was a nice closure to Josh's story, but I mean, it was. I was still curious because I didn't really understand like their history, you know? Yeah. The three of them. I think they didn't delve that much deep on it. No. They actually get me invested. You're kind of just supposed to assume that they were like. He was like a big brother figure. Yeah. Um. Here's a question, though. So. I'm pretty sure that Lowe's sword was a gift from the Grandmaster, and it has, uh-huh. like, special properties. Do you think it's going to show up again? Oh, definitely. Because he just, like, leaves it there. Definitely. I have a feeling it will, because, I mean, if the Grandmaster is, like, you know, omnipotent or something, he's going to get it right. at some point. Yeah, I, I think it's going to show up. I hope it shows up. I hope it's, like... Some big thing. Who knows? Maybe we'll see it again on Close Hill 4. Oh, man. I, I did find one spoiler out that I'm not going to say. Um, oh, yeah, no. I don't ha- I don't really know anything about 4. Except for, like, you know, the you-know-what. <laughs> it, it was only one picture. And I'll tell you if you want to know after the podcast. But oh, okay. it's... Is it a character? It's, it's about a character. But it's not a huge thing. It's just... It's kind of like one of those things where you're like, Oh... I want to know more about that, but anyway, we'll, we'll I'll say that later. Um, okay. So that's the game. This is really just one game, one whole game, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's that's what I think, and it F's you. I think you need that cliffhanging cliffhanger ending to FC to because if it was one game, it wouldn't. You'd be like, okay, well, save the game and go to the next one, um, uh-huh. the next chapter. So I think you need that to, to create a little bit more tension. 
but uh-huh. it absolutely feels like one game. Yeah. I mean, I read somewhere that it was supposed to be one game, but they just had to cut it out into two parts. Can you imagine that? A three UMD PSP game? <laughs> it's way ahead of its time, you know. So I have a couple of questions to wrap stuff up here. Um, and I, we talked a little bit about this before, and that is that one of the requirements for being an enforcer, you can be really strong and not be an enforcer, even though you're working with Ouroboros. And that is something that I think Duvali says in Cold Steel 2, mm-hmm. that she's strong enough to be an enforcer, but in order to be an enforcer, you have to have a darkness about you, and she doesn't have that. So we find out at some point, I think, uh, everyone's darkness, except for Blue Blanc, and then, I guess, Campanella. Yeah, we don't really know much about Blue Blanc, even though that he was one of the doors on the third. Still a mystery. Right. And Campanella, I think, was suppo- is supposed to be a mystery, because we don't really know much or anything at all about Campanella. Even right. if he's a boy or a girl. <laughs> yeah, like... I, I thought that he was a boy, and the voice mm-hmm. actor is definitely a woman in the... Yeah. In the... Um, crossbow games. In the crossbow games, yeah, in the crossbow games. But, yeah, so I was a little surprised by that. I didn't even think about it un- until I played the crossbow games. But what do you... Do you have any ideas of what um, Blue Blanc's darkness could even be? I can't even come up with anything. I mean, it's probably hinted on the on his door in the third, but I didn't really pay much attention about it because I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he... Maybe it's because he shows up too much, and I don't really like doing those Phantom Thief B quests. Yeah, I didn't really like it too, but the one thing of the Phantom Thief quests I really, really enjoyed was the one where he kidnaps Machias and Coast Steel too. <laughs> Well, that's because you like Machias so much. It gave you something... You, you were interested in it more. Yeah. I mean, I gotta give you some credit for that, because I feel like Machias does not get much love. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think he's got some pretty useful crafts, like the one that is basically the one that Shara has that uh, attack advances everyone. Uh-huh. That's really good. I've used that a bunch on my replays, but... Oh, and if you spam it together with Claire's fearless leadership, it basically breaks the whole game. So maybe that's why they didn't put Claire in the permanent party member list. <laughs> <laughs> and who would you put as your uh, favorite characters for uh, FC and SC? FC. Yeah. Oh, FC. Well, because you kind of oh. consider them one game. Okay. Um, it has to be Chloe. And I know the stuff answer is supposed to be Estelle and jo- or Joshua, but Chloe hands down it's my favorite character okay why do you say that I mean I think it's because of the growth she had between the two games I mean sure Estelle and Joshua's character development are stellar but I mean Chloe had much more of an impact to me I think okay because she went from just being a student to essentially like debuting on the international stage yeah, and then you see her on the crossbow games where she's basically a more mature version of herself, and like, oh my gosh, look at her now! And she's, she's gonna re- be a great queen one day, you know? Right, and she's representing the country at like international events. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I hope that at some point we keep going far enough that we get to have Queen Chloe 
You know, nothing against Queen Alicia, but... And I, I already saw her, like, character art for Sand 4. I thought she looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not even going to explain mine because it's Estelle and I've said it before. <laughs> I know, it's a big shock. Um, and, and my second one would be Ren. And maybe that's because of what comes in future games. But uh-huh. part of it is because of the like violent 180 that I did uh, after she talks about her past a little bit. Um, I'm starting to see a trend here. What's you that? like uh, you like purple-haired enforcers, huh? Okay, that's true. I do. I do. That is true. I really like. Okay, because Sharon is so mysterious. My opinion could change on her if if there's something in Cold Steel three or four that's like crazy. But at this point, I just have so many questions that I find her an extremely interesting character. Uh-huh. So what are your what was your best four? In, oh, uh, it has to be Estelle, Joshua, Chloe, and Kevin. Okay, I I it might just, have to agree. Just made, it just made my life a whole lot easier. Estelle could like what cast Earthwall, mm-hmm. buff other people. Joshua can do like the physical side of things. Chloe's like art spam, and then healing. Kevin can just, you know, spam Grail Sphere over and over. Oh man, I love Grail Sphere so much. Plus he can spam arts too. Yeah. So, yeah, I might have to say the same four, honestly. Man, we're boring. You can also say that um, Oliver's kind of like a runner-up, but Chloe hits way harder. And then her craft where she can, like, um, debuff the enemies on their attack and defense, that's mm-hmm. pretty useful too. Since you you played Cold Steel first, and do you think that seeing Oliver versus Olivier was like a really stark contrast? Because I feel like oh yeah, I mean in Cold Steel we see Oliver as a prince, as a prince should be. I think yeah, he's he a little he's a little immature. He, well, he's a little immature, but only a little bit. You know, he's he's more of a prince than a goofball. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like every, like every line that he says in, in the sky games is just like outrageous. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I remember talking to you about this and I was like, Oh my God, I love Oliver on trails in the sky. Why did they turn him down on or like tone him down on cold seal? And like, then we see, and then I see, you know, the, um, the reveal of him being a prince of like, I mean, I suppose he's supposed to act that way on Erebonia because he is the prince of Erebonia. Right. Now, you are the boss fan. And mm-hmm. do you... you? I believe you said two of your favorite bosses were in SC. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what those two were? Yes. Um, my least ranked SC boss fight on my top 10 trails series boss fights is, um, uh, what was that? It was the fight against Ren on the towers. Okay. Do you remember that? Uh, when she just starts petrifying everybody? 
<laughs> yeah. And then and then she summons like Potter Mater, I think. Okay, yeah. I mean, that was probably the first time we had to fight both of them. And I don't know, it just left a huge impression on me. And I didn't have any petrifying, like something that protects me against petrifying. So I was really pissed off about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That'll be super hard if you don't. You might have had like one because there, like there has to be something that you just get. But unless you specifically like buy stuff, um, I could see it being super hard. I mean, I played it yeah. on uh, the, the Evo version, and everything's in Japanese. And I got there's this app you can get on your phone where you like use the camera to take a picture of something in a different language, and it'll translate it for you. Ah, uh, yeah. And so I'm just like sitting there with my item inventory open, just scanning looking for the thing that says something about petrify or stone and I, I eventually found something for everybody but that was super annoying At least, and that was when I even knew it ahead of time what the battle was going to be like uh-huh. um, and I think the second one on my list was uh, the Luve fight because I mean come on it's very epic with the music mm-hmm. and Juan who wouldn't be pumped up with that and then he has the nerve to like multiply and that took a longer time than I expected. Yeah, you might be right. That might have been... That and then the Abyss Worms were probably the two I had the most trouble with. Uh-huh. I didn't really have that much trouble against Wiseman, who, like, went on human form, because, I mean, Kevin, still. Right. But, yeah, I think those two left a huge impression on me over the final boss. I think I would have to agree. Especially because both are kind of, like, more personal fights for the protagonists. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess the Weissman yeah, fight I mean. is pretty big for Joshua, but uh-huh. I think Lowe is probably bigger for Joshua. Now, where do you put this so is- on the, the ranking? The ranking that, um, before, I want to do one for the whole series... Uh, okay. But right now we only have FC ranked. Uh-huh. So where do you put it? You put SC above or below? Oh, above. Obviously. Oh, <laughs> me too. Like way above. Uh, I mean, it has to be because it's a payoff game, and payoff games usually end up higher in my lists. So yeah. As you kind of expect, you know. Uh-huh. I think. I've seen polls where people voted on what their favorite game in the series was, and SC, OW, Cold Steel 2, all ranked above the first game that came like immediately before it. Uh, and I think it's just because, like you said, it's the payoff game. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much our discussion for 
Trails in the Sky SC. Um, thanks for listening. It's both of ours uh, favorite. I don't know if you still say it's your favorite game overall. Oh, it still definitely is. Okay, well, it's still mine. Um, <laughs> but the next game is a very different game. Trails in the Sky the Third does not follow the standard uh, Trails formula. And as such, we're not going to do typical podcast episodes about it. We're going to be breaking it up a little bit, doing things differently. And I swear, we're not liars. We are going to have guests on this next episode. Uh, Stuff hadn't worked out previously, but the third has a lot of really big fans. And they wanted to have... Uh, they want to have the chance to say something about it. So we're going to welcome on welcome them on here, hopefully. And uh, thanks for listening.
心。